Last Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning staff meeting, we, uh, uh, we were talking about one of my favorite portions of scripture from Matthew chapter 20. And um, I'm just going to, I want you to, I want to go to the message to the end of it. That's not where I'm preaching from this morning, but I'm setting it up with this because it's, it, 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 I love it. In, in Matthew chapter 20, you got James and John's mother bringing her two boys. They're two boys, but they're grown. They're, they're, they've been walking with Jesus now for, for months and months as, one, as his, two of his disciples. And uh, she, she comes with them. And scripture, as you read there in Matthew 20, it says she brings her two, James and John, with her to Jesus. And Jesus asked her, you know, what can I do for you? And she asked, hey, I'd like, I'd like for, for my two boys to sit one on your right hand and one on your left when you come to your kingdom. Well, Jesus, you know, he, Jesus says, well, hey, that's, that's not my decision to make. The father's already decided who's going to sit there. He didn't tell them who. But you can imagine if you had been some of the other disciples sitting around and listening to this. It's good to have Daniel and Kim with us over here. Just saw you. To listen to this. And, and I want you to listen to how, how it's worded here in Matthew chapter 20. Then we're going somewhere else. It says, when the 10 others heard about it, they lost their tempers, thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. So Jesus got them together to, to calm things down, settle things down a little bit. And he said, use, you, use, use guys. No, he, <laughs> he said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the son of man has done. He came to serve, not to be served. And then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. So we, we took advantage of that opportunity last Tuesday morning in our staff meeting as a, as a staff to talk about what it, what it meant, what it means for us to, to be servants, uh, one, of, one of another, of each other. I want you to go with that in mind. Now go with me back to the eighth chapter of, of Matthew where we're kind of... As we were working our way through Matthew, uh, where we are this morning. And in, it's in, the, in a situation that's tucked away between miracles and among some, quote, quote, big miracles that I believe Jesus models for us what it's like to be a servant when things are tough. To be a servant when things are tough. And again, it's almost like life. There's times when serving is really easy. But there's times when serving is tough. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to pick it up, but we're going to pick up with verse 14. We went down um, last Sunday night down to this. Verse 14, uh, he, and what's, what's happened is he's just, uh, in the first part of the chapter, he's healed the leper. And then after that, the centurion has come, and they're in Capernaum on the Sea of, uh, sea of Galilee there. They're on Capernaum, the northwest shore. And the, the centurion has come. He's got a sick servant or a sick son. And he asks Jesus, tells Jesus about it. And Jesus said, I'll go heal him. And the centurion says, no, if you'll just speak the word. And so Jesus does. He, he said, I, I will. Go your way. Your, your, your servant's whole. And the, he goes home. And the, the, they tell him that it's the same hour that he was talking to the master 
is when a servant was healed. Now in verse 14, this is happening on the, on the Sabbath. Verse 14, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Let me pray. Now, Father, would your Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher and our preacher this morning? Take the word of God, Lord, and, and, and stir our minds. Lord, go deep into our hearts and our spirits and accomplish what you want to do today in our lives. In Christ I pray, amen. Now, there, there are parallel passages of, of this account of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. There's parallel, parallel passages in, in the Gospel of Mark and in the Gospel of Luke. And from those, we, we learn some things. We learn that it was the Sabbath day when this happened. Jesus had been in the synagogue that morning. He had been in a synagogue uh, teaching. He had been with, around people all day long. We understand also from the passage that um, I think Mark says that it was the house of Simon and Peter, or Simon and Andrew, Peter and Andrew. It was their house. And uh, it also tells us that James and John was there with Jesus. Luke, being the doctor, goes a little bit further in the diagnosis. Luke in, in Luke's account of this, Luke says that it was a great fever. So, so Luke's saying she's pretty sick, all right? Peter's wife's mother was, was pretty sick. And it's in this brief account here, I believe that when we, that, that we, that Jesus models for us, he walks it out and he's sharing with us. So when we read later on in Matthew 20, that when he's saying to his disciples, hey, if you want to be great, you got to be least, if you want to be master, you'll need to be a servant. And I believe they look back at times like we're going to look at this morning, and they see that he done just exactly, he modeled that for him. He, 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 he showed them how to serve. Here Jesus is, and the first thing I want you to look up, up with me this morning about is that when serving is tough, is that servants are looking for places and ways to serve. Servants are looking for places and ways to serve. They walk into their house, into, into Peter's house. As they go in, uh, we're, we, we see here that, that uh, Matthew tells us that Jesus saw that, uh, that things were kind of out of order. Now, men can get sick. I don't know if your house is like ours. I can get sick when the kids were little. And, uh, and you know, that was, that was, while I was cared for, things kind of went on in the house. And I mean, things carried on. And there was meals and all this. But if, if the woman got sick, if Barbie got sick, it was like, you know, the, the neighbors are calling, do we need to bring meals in for the kids? Are kids going to starve to death? What can we do to help? It's, it's like, and they understand. So when the, when, the, when the wives of the, when the women of the home get sick, it's, 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 things aren't normal. So Jesus goes into Peter's and in, in, uh, Andrew's house, and there is Peter's wife's mother, uh, sick, very sick, Luke says. And so things are, maybe there's concern, maybe they're, they realize, oh, wow, there's, there's, there's a lot going on here. And Jesus looks and sees. He's always looking in our lives. He's always observing us. Scripture says, several scriptures that, that gives us account of Jesus looking down and we know he knows all about us. And he knows what you're going through this morning. He knows, he knows where things are out of order. He knows where things are 
are, are, are not normal. And he knows where those things are, are almost overwhelming to you. He knows where there are little things that we don't want to mention, but they're big things to us. I mean, you know, you can just, you can, you can have a nagging cold. Buzz wouldn't even shake my hand. I got an elbow this morning. He said, I'm sick, I'm cold, and he gave me an elbow. And Jesus knows all these things in our lives. <laughs> you really were sick? Tony, I don't know if he's really sick. He scooted over from you too. Anyway, uh, he knows when these things are going on in our lives, and they're significant to him. And that's because for a servant, a servant is looking for ways, well, what could I do to help you? What could I do to make it easier? What could I do? Where, where are you hurting? What's, what's concern of you? And if it's concerning to you, most likely your heavenly father is concerned also. Second thing I want you to notice is that to serve faithfully, we must be willing to sacrifice often. To serve faithfully, we must be willing to sacrifice often. He tells us here in this account in Matthew that it was after sundown when the evening was come, verse 16. Now, you know, Jews measured the time of days a little bit different than we do. We usually think of, you know, of, uh, of from midnight to midnight. The Jews counted it from sundown to sundown. So the, the, the Sabbath would have been from sundown. And now as the sun is going down here in verse 16, it's, it's the ending of the Sabbath. And for them, it's their first day of the week. Maybe significant because of, of the things in a Jewish community, because there would have been limitations. They, they would have been trying to observe Sabbath laws and Sabbath, the, the rules passed down by the religious leaders. But we're told that it was a, it, it, it's the end now, and it's, it's now it's, it's, uh, the sun's going down, and it's time when Jesus is probably tired. He's probably worn out from being with people. I mean, you can saw, you can cut wood, you can work in the field, you can drive a bush hog, you can log, you can do a lot of other things, and you can be tired. But until you have, those of you that work with people all the time, uh, until, you know, there is something about when you have ministered to people or when you have been around and, and just sharing in the burdens of people, that absolutely, it's a different kind of tired. You know, it's a different kind of tired. And Jesus, here Jesus was, and I'm convinced, he was tired. He's probably thinking, boy, it'd be great just to, just to, you know, just have a little, just to sit back just a little while and have some me time. You know, Jesus wouldn't think that, but we would think that. He was tired. He's worn out. He probably needed a break. But instead, <laughs> instead in verse 16, it says, unto him many, they came many. Now, if you look at this in Mark 33, Mark 33, chapter 1, verse 33, says that all the city came out to him. <laughs> that was a bunch. Now, what it's saying is that, that there was, a, there was a, a, a large, there was a whole lot of people that came to Peter's house. They, uh, they came, the word spread. Hey, Peter's, well, maybe she had been sick for a long time. Pete, you remember Peter's mother-in-law? Man, she's up, she's up cooking. She's serving food. She can't be. I mean, she was just, uh, you know, she was so sick. She's doing it. Maybe some came to see her. Maybe others came because the word got out. But for whatever reason, all of a sudden, the house is thronged. And they're, and they're there to, 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 I don't mean it's ugly. They're there to get a piece of Jesus. They're there to just, to, to have him. Can I tell you, Jesus, what's going on with, with, with our family? Could you pray for, for, for our son or for our daughter? Could you pray for this? And, and they're there, you know, and, and this is, and he serves Serving faithfully oftentimes 
means that we have to be willing to sacrifice. Every one of us has, they tell us we do, and I'm assuming it's probably correct. I can't, every one of us has the same amount of hours in a day, okay? And we, we have all filled them with something. We, we fill them up with something. And I know depending on what season of life it is with you, kind of depends on what our days get filled with. If you're, if you're a season that, uh, that you have young babies, boy, they can fill your life with, you know, you're, you're taking care of them, you're, you're, you're having to watch for them, you're having to provide for them. If they're sick, that's, they can't tell you a lot of times. You just know that they're sick, they're hurting. And it's a season of life. And it's a season that calls for a lot of uh, attention in your lives. Your days get full pretty quickly. And then you go, you know, we go to the next season, our kids get a little bit older and they start playing ball. And, and uh, some of you this week, I was, I was kind of noticing, I was noticing yesterday and upward, we got families divided because some, one kid's playing uh, soccer over at one gym and, another, and the, they've got a, a child in the same family's playing over the other gym. So mama goes with one, daddy goes with one, grandparents split up. We do it. Different seasons of our lives and you feel like you're running a taxi service and you've got practices and you've got school and you've got all these things and your days get full. And then if you're in the season of life as it seems like it grows along, there's a season that it seems like our days get full with appointments, doctor's appointments. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and uh, somebody was telling me, boy, they didn't know how, how they, they you, got, you can't do that when you're working. So I guess it's after you're retired that you just really get busy. Because every season of our lives seems like has its challenges for us. And they do. And serving sometimes in the midst of meeting the challenges in our life, serving others is not always convenient. Matter of fact, I found <laughs> that is very seldom convenient, uh, you know, but, but we need to look for those ways to serve and we need to understand that serving faithfully is going to require sacrifice for us. We must be willing to sacrifice, listen to God's voice. Oftentimes, go when he says go, go where he says go, and serve as he says serve. Got a, this is written by a lady let me share it with you. She said, I'm a mother of, mother, mother of, boy. I'm a mother of three, ages 14, 12, and three. Wow. All right. Anybody here got any, a child, any one of those ages? 14, 12, and three. Yep. Lisa has. Some of you do. Some of you used to have. She said, and I have recently completed my college degree. Way to go. She used to be commended. She said, the last class I had to take was sociology, and the teacher was absolutely inspiring with the qualities that I wish every human being had been graced with. Her last project of the term was called Smile. The class was asked to go out and smile at three people and document their reactions. Now, I'm eating this up. I was reading this. She said, I am a very friendly person and always smile at everyone and say hello anyway. So I thought, hey, this is going to be a piece of cake, literally. Soon after we were assigned the project, my husband, youngest son, and I went out to McDonald's one crisp March morning. It was just our way of sharing special playtime with our son. We were standing in line, waiting to be served, when all of a sudden, everyone around us began to back away, and then even my husband did. I didn't move an inch. An overwhelming feeling of panic welled up inside of me 
as I turned to see why they had moved. As I turned around, I smelled a horrible, dirty body smell. And there standing beside, behind me were two poor homeless men. I looked down at the short gentleman close to me. He was smiling. His beautiful sky blue eyes were full of God's light as he searched for acceptance. He said, good day, as he counted the few coins he had been clutching. The second man fumbled with his hands as he stood behind his friend. I realized the second man was mentally deficient and the blue-eyed gentleman was his salvation. I held my tears as I stood there with them. The young lady at the counter asked him what they wanted and he said, coffee is all, miss, because that was all they could afford. If they wanted to sit in the restaurant and warm up, they had to buy something. He just wanted to get warm. Then I really felt it. The compulsion was so great, I almost reached out and embraced the little man with blue eyes. That's when I noticed all the eyes in the restaurant were on me, judging my every action. I smiled and asked the young lady behind the counter to give me two more breakfast meals on a separate tray. I then walked around the corner to the table that the men had chosen as a resting spot. I put the tray on the table and laid my hand on the blue-eyed gentleman's cold hand. He looked up at me, and with tears in his eyes, he said, thank you. I leaned over, began to pat his hand, and said, I didn't do this for you. God is here working through me to give you hope. I started to cry as I walked away to join my husband and son. When I sat down, my husband smiled at me and said, that is why God gave you to me, honey, to give me hope. We held hands for a moment, and at, the, at that time, we knew that only because of the grace that we had been given were we able to give. That day showed me the pure light of God's sweet love. I returned to college, and on the last evening of the class, with this story in hand, I turned to in my project, and the instructor read it. Then she looked up at me and said, can I share this? I slowly nodded as she got the attention of the class. She began to read, and that's when I knew that we, as human beings, and being part of God, share this need to heal people and be healed. In my own way, I had touched some people at McDonald's, my husband, son, instructor, and every soul that shared that classroom on the last night I spent as a college student. I graduated with one of the biggest lessons I would ever learn. Serving with compassion and love makes a difference. But serving is never, serving is oftentimes not convenient. Thirdly, to serve faithfully, we need to be engaged passionately. Peter's wife's mother had been touched by Jesus. I, I, I read this, Matthew says, and she, Jesus saw that she was sick. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and ministered unto them. Now, if I was right, of course, this is the way the Holy Spirit instructed Matthew. I would say she got up and started fixing, fixing them a meal, tidying up the house, getting them something. Oh, my goodness. You know, this was, this was a lady that was used to seeing needs and meet them. She was a servant, but she was sick. Jesus touches her, and she gets up. Now, I'm thinking, you know, Jerry, if you'd been there, you'd probably said, oh, honey, you need to sit down and take it easy a while. You know, you've been sick. Look, you're just now getting on your feet. Let, let us go get you something. You need, we need to, man, she, she gets up. And I think the reason she can do that is because when Jesus touches somebody, he makes them completely whole. He makes them 
completely whole. She had been touched by Jesus. Doesn't all our serving kind of start when he touches us? When he touches our lives? When he steps in where we are? When he sees the needs and the things around us? And as Kim says, when we see that he's good. And when he touches us. Our serving begins. Our serving begins, even when it's tough. And Jesus loved it. He loved it that Peter's wife's mother was ministering. This is what, he, it's what, she, it's what she wanted to do. She wanted to serve. It's what she'd always done. It's what she'd been able to do. No doubt she may have, in her agony, in her debilitating condition, she may have said something like, maybe you or I sometime would say, if I ever get over this, if I ever get over this, boy, I'll do this or I'll do that or I'll do whatever. And it's interesting because when she got over it, there was opportunity right there, right in front of her to minister. And she served. Well, I've thought a lot about this passage and uh, I'm going to stop there. Lord willing, tonight I want to I talk about, uh, I want to pick up with verse 18. And I want to talk about from a terrible storm to a terrible calm. Oh, that's not the words King James uses. What is it? Uh, King, King James uses it this way. Uh, 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 see, in the sea, there was a, yeah, a great storm and a great calm. So we'll go that way. But I want to stop. I want you to think about this afternoon. Don't just pray about it. Lord, you called me to serve. You've called me to serve. You've called me to love. Now, I'm going to know that serving is going to, oftentimes going to be tough because a lot of times it's going to require sacrifice. Sometimes it's going to be very inconvenient. And not only that, but you really kind of want me to look in for the opportunity rather than running from it. So use me. I'm not going to give you the three, mile, three smile challenge. Some of you are smiling all, a lot like this lady. But I'm convinced that around each one of us, probably before the day's over, but definitely several times this week, God's going to give us an opportunity. He's going to let us see an opportunity to serve. Tell me about it. Write me a letter like this, lady. And let's see what happens. Let's pray. Father, you, 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 the way that you settled down the disciples when they were so angry with Peter and John and their mother, or Jane, I'm sorry, John and, and, and James and the mother, the way that you settled them down was you, you brought them back to reality that you came to serve. And that if we really want to be like Jesus, we're more like you when we serve than any other time. So help us, I pray, today... And this week, to look for where you are creating those opportunities for us to love passionately, serve faithfully with your love in your heart. Not so that people would observe and see us, but so that they would see you. Because you are the one that makes all the difference in the world. Now I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our servant. Amen.